and here we go live from tucson arena this is hsk today brian mccormick here you there jared justice on the other side of the glass as we talk horse hockey get you ready for this weekend the two games between the silver knights and the tucson roadrunners that will be played saturday and sunday in this currently vacant building I'm in here by myself. There's something really relaxing, really calming about being in an arena by yourself. I don't know how many of our fans have experienced that. I'm the kind of guy when I go to a game, I like to sit in my seat uh, until the ushers tell me to leave. Not that I'd sit there for five hours, but th there's something really calming uh, about uh, being in an empty arena. I think I have a story for that, but I'll get to that later. The point, that's not what you want to hear right now. But that's where I'm at, talking to myself in a large, empty building. Uh, and luckily, Jared is on the other side of the glass to, to keep me company and keep me on target. Aren't you, Jared? Well, it helps if I have my mic on to do that, but yes. Thank you for keeping me on the straight and narrow. Well, we've got so much to talk about uh, as the Silver Knights just coming off their two games in Colorado. Uh, we'll talk about the impact of the season series against the Colorado Eagles that is now in the rearview mirror. Uh, and, of course, the Silver Knights taking on a Tucson team that has struggled mightily and uh, really, uh, you could key in their their struggles uh, on their on their defensive work and their goaltending work because this is a roadrunner team that has uh, done a lot of losing of late, and by significant margins, they have given up five goals or more in nine of their last twelve. That is a rough uh, a rough record, uh, and they've uh, gone. 3-7-0 oh in their last 10, which makes it look a little more respectable than it's been. But the Roadrunners have been off since last Saturday when they lost 8-1 to Colorado, and uh, so they'll be rested at the very least. Uh, and the Henderson Silver Knights uh, certainly want to try to come out of Tucson with four points as they continue their jockeying in the Pacific Division. We'll hear from Adrian Denny, who is the broadcast voice of the Roadrunners. He'll be on in our next segment. And at the end of the day, we'll hear from Dan Duva, the radio voice of the VGK, talk a little bit about uh, the introduction of Jack Eichel to the VGK lineup last night uh, and where the VGK are headed. So straight ahead on a busy show. And, you know, we're, we mentioned that we're going to talk about the, uh, the the week that was in Colorado. We just landed in Tucson this morning, uh, or I should say this morning. We, we took off this morning. We landed about an hour and a half ago. Uh, so scrambled over here, got to the booth, and uh, got, got settled. Um, but it'll be a rest day for the Silver Knights. No practice today. Matter of fact, maybe some team bonding this evening. Uh, and then tomorrow will be a regular practice day as they get prepared for the weekend. But good good for the Silver Knights, I think, to take a step back and get a breather because uh, this was a really, really hard-battled two games uh, against the Colorado Eagles, a team that we knew it was going to have that kind of temperament, that it was going to be tight because it's always tight when the Silver Knights and the Colorado Eagles play one another. But this felt a little bit elevated from that. Um, these games felt like playoff games to me. Maybe, and maybe you know, you you're in the audience. You tell me if you uh, agree or not. You can always tweet the show at Brian J McCormick, Brian J M C C O R M A C K uh, on Twitter. But th this felt like a playoff preview of sorts. That's silly to say in February. There's so much hockey left to be played. These two rosters, for all we know, could be transformed in that time. Uh, but but these were two teams that uh, we've come to discover, know each other, dislike each other, uh, and really grinded it out over the course of uh, 48 hours and, and uh, a split that I think both teams should be uh, relatively proud of. Silver Knights had the win on uh, Tuesday, and then last night, for the Eagles, it was a 6-3 win for Colorado, a score that uh, is 
buoyed by two empty netters. Not at all indicative of the way this game went back and forth with uh, what was a 1-1 game in the f- at the start of the third period. And then these teams traded shot for shot, blow for blow, and it was Kiefer Sherwood who had the uh, essentially the, the final answer nail in the coffin late in the third period. But uh, this was a really good physical up-and-down game. When the, when the game relied on defensive structure, both of these teams were disciplined and stingy. When it opened up a little bit offensively, it got a little bit wide open, and uh, that's where the, the Eagles were able to exploit with some of their go-to scorers like Kiefer Sherwood and Dylan Secura, who, of course, Silver Knights fans know well. He was impactful this week as well. Last night after the game, we spoke with head coach uh, Manny Viveros to get his feel for how the uh, the week played out, and here's what he had to say. With head coach Manny Viveros, coach, not just tonight, but really throughout the weekend, this this felt like a pair of games that had a, a playoff intensity to them. Did it feel that way for you guys? No, it certainly did. Um, you know, second, usually the back-to-back games are going to be a lot more physical than I thought it was tonight. Uh, both teams were, uh, played real hard. Uh, I thought it was a real good hockey game. Um, we were right there. You know, we played really well. Um, you know, got a lead in the third period, uh, took a penalty, um, had an opportunity to clear the puck, and our guys were tired, so they capitalized. And then uh, we just made some uh, some mistakes in our D-zone coverage, and then they capitalized. And, uh, you know, obviously with a couple empty netters there, but... Uh, you know, a tough one to loss uh, to lose for sure. Um, but you know, from the effort from our guys, I'm really happy, very proud of them. You emphasized the forecheck so much this weekend, and it looked from the Quinney goal and the Quine goal, it generated what you wanted it to. Were you happy with what the forecheck developed? No, it certainly did. Uh, you know, it, you want to, you know, a team like that, you want to keep them in their end as, as much as possible. And, and one way to do that is a successful forecheck. And I thought we created a lot uh, from that again tonight, which is really good. And uh, again, unfortunately, you know, a couple of mistakes in our, our, you know, lost coverage in our D zone um, resulted in goals against. And, uh, uh, you know, we're certainly disappointed from, from the loss, but a lot of uh, positives we can build from. Alan Quine gets his first HSK goal. Again, it was such a journey for him to get back. But now he's he's almost back to a point-per-game pace. Is he playing normal Alan Quine hockey now? Yeah, no, we knew it was going to take some time, and, and we're really encouraged, uh, you know, with him playing offensively, getting some points, and certainly scoring tonight. I know, excuse me, it has been on his mind a little bit as far as... Uh, you know, uh, trying to get that first goal back again, but we're just trying to, to encourage them to keep playing the game the right way, do the right things on the ice, and get rewarded, and he's certainly getting rewarded for right now. Zach Hayes dropped the gloves with Andreas Engelin. It was a, a good tilt. Was that largely in response to the, the hit on Leighton Ahak? Is that what uh, what Zach Hayes was responding to? Yeah, no, certainly was, and uh, really, uh, you know, good on Zach to step up for one of his teammates too. And uh, every once in a while, you're going to have to need that. Uh, and certainly, you can see that from uh, picked up the morale from our, on our bench, and we got a little bit of momentum from that also. We're four games into this six-game road trip. We mentioned there's a lot of road hockey in February and March. Are you happy with how the team's responding to to the road schedule over the last two weeks? Yeah, no, I am. You know, like we're playing in some tough buildings, some really good teams here. So we, you know, we got a split. We, you know, we're we're, we're happy with the split, but we certainly felt that we let one get away from us tonight also too and we keep talking about if we're going to be a, a really good team in our division here um, we're going to have to win on the road not just one or, or one here and lose one here we're going to have to put uh, uh, consecutive wins back to back here and that's a you know a challenge uh, for our hockey team at times throughout this year but it's uh, certainly encouraging um, you know again I thought we played you know really good for the most part tonight uh, other than a couple of mistakes and uh, you know done and over with we'll evaluate again and uh, get ready for Tucson. And that was head coach May Vivero. So, you know, I think some some interesting things to pull from from those comments. First of all, again, the, the acknowledgement that last night was a, r- a really good hockey game. 
a good hockey game between two good hockey teams. And, and for Colorado, a team that was struggling a little bit, they were 1-4 uh, and four in their previous five, including the loss on Tuesday. So you know a team like that, they're not going to stay down for long. They're going to have their pushback, their surge at some point. It was last night, and the Silver Knights withstood that well into the dying minutes of the third period. But what what's interesting to hear from Manny Viveros is the there, there's no satisfaction in just – playing well somebody's got to lose and you know on this night it was us that that's not the mentality he's happy with the way his team played but there's also a a call for results and that's where we've reached that point in the schedule folks past the midway point there's there's two ways to to analyze the start of a season we have the first two months where we keep saying well it's still early well they're still figuring things out it's still early it's still early it's still early well eventually it's not anymore and we've talked about usually Thanksgiving is around that time where you are what your record says you are and what the you know record says the Silver Knights are right now is a fourth-place team that is neck and neck even with Bakersfield for third. That's pretty darn good. But now I think the other caveat of, of that mentality of uh, it's not early anymore is that now trends that you don't like, now is the time when okay, well, now it's not a matter of, well, we'll work our way out of the, this. Like, no, now they are trends, and now you need to do something. You need to, whether it's shake something up or just, you know, lean on yourself a little harder, you need to be the ones to, to, to change the, the trajectory. And for the Silver Knights, they've won four straight games this year one time. That's their season-long winning streak is four games. Now, that's all well and good because, as we've mentioned, the Silver Knights, when they've lost games, they've never let snowball into a lengthy issue. They've had a three-game losing streak this year is the longest they've had. Uh, they've had two of them. One was at the end of October and one from the uh, the 14th to the 21st of January, but it's never snowballed. But for Manny Viveros, you can recognize in his voice where it's, you know, th- there are no moral victories now in playing really well but losing a hockey game. Silver Knights have, have won uh, it's six of uh, their last nine now. They're winning hockey games. That's why they are where they are in the Pacific. But you want to start stringing some wins together now. You're looking here on that roll that we saw at the start of last season when they won six in a row, when they won uh, 17 of their first 20. Now, nobody's looking for 17 out of 20. That was exceptional. There's a reason we still talk about it. That was That's a hard thing to pull off. But you want to win six out of eight regularly like they have. You want to you know, get, get a little bit of a roll and start to carry some momentum and start to separate yourself a little bit in this division. So with that, Last night's hockey game was a great game. There was no shame in being on the wrong end of it. Having said that, you'll want to be on the right side of it more often than not. It's not enough to say, hey, we played well, we did some good things, we made a mistake or two and it cost us. That's true, and you can acknowledge that. But for Manny Viveros, it's we need to just be having the conversation of stringing some wins together. And, and that's where last night's loss, despite it being a, uh, an admirable one, it was one that you could tell came with some disappointment because it was a game the Silver Knights were in, knew that they could win against an opponent they've done a lot of winning against. So I, I think that's an interesting thing to carry forward now into this weekend because the Silver Knights are now of the mindset of we've got, you know, a, a, at this point, let me give you the exact number, 29 games left. 29 games left. When does that run begin? Now, we're still just a little bit past the halfway point of the season, so you don't have to get – we're not in the home stretch per se – but this is around the time, the next week or two, where teams start to grab the season by the scruff of the neck, define themselves, 
and become the best version of themselves heading into spring hockey, right? This is the time when you want to start establishing yourself of like, hey, this is where it clicked. This is where momentum started to build. This is where we started looking towards the postseason with our eyes wide open. That The Silver Knights feel the time is now. They, they're healthy. They're playing good hockey against good teams. There's a lot of road hockey right now, as we've talked about a lot. After this weekend, they'll still play six of their next nine on the road. A lot of time away from the Orleans Arena and ultimately the Dollar Loan Center. This is a time to define yourself. This is a time to take command of your season and build something that when you do return home, you're a... We talked about snowballs. You're a boulder that's rolling downhill, and you can see the recognition for the Silver Knights. They feel like now is the time to start generating that kind of forward progress. And here in Tucson against a team that has struggled, has given up a lot of goals, this is the American Hockey League. The, the Tucson Roadrunners have played two overtime games against the Silver Knights this season. They've played, they've played a lot of uh, very close hockey. Uh, and let me double-check. I know it was definitely one overtime game. I don't want to have overstepped. Yes, they did, two overtime games, and I think – uh, one was uh, an overtime winner for Sven Berchi, and then Colt Conrad had the overtime winner in this building. Despite the struggles that Tucson has had, this is a Tucson team that's capable of beating you and has one of the best rookies in the league in Matias Michelli. You don't take anything for granted, of course. Having said that, though, it's a team that's struggling, a team that has been giving up a lot of goals of late. If you're going to have that mentality that Manny Viveros kind of referenced, kind of you know got the uh, the the uh, alluded to. These are the kinds of weekends you need to take four points. Not because the other team isn't capable of beating you, but because you want to be the best version of yourself. And this is a weekend that the Silver Knights need to come in with their eyes wide open to, to take four points uh, to, to follow up with what Manny Viveros' message is right now. So we'll see if they're able to do so. Uh, now, one thing that certainly is a, a big positive for the Silver Knights, uh, we saw a bit of it last night, and it was Alan Quine who scored his first Silver Knights goal. It sounded like this. And then the Eagles go up 3-2 on Ryan Wagner's goal. Here's a turnover in front, and Alan Quine scores! The Eagles coughed it up between the hash marks right out of the tape of Alan Quine, and he has his first as a silver knight. We're tied at three. That was just part of a two-point night for Alan Quine, who came back to the Silver Knights lineup on January 12th. I say came back. He debuted on January 12th after missing the first half of the season due to an injury that he sustained last year. It was basically an 11-month journey back into the lineup, uh, into any lineup for Alan Quine. Uh, and I think for the for the Silver Knights, we talked about when he came in, he's as good a midseason acquisition, a trade deadline pickup, if you will, as any team is going to make uh, this this winter. So getting him in and getting him acclimated, it was going to take a little bit of time for him to find his, his footing again. He hadn't played in almost a calendar year, but he got his first point four games in, and you're just seeing a steady progression for Quine, and he now has three multiple point games in his last five contests. Uh, the the goal he scored last night and his setup on the Gage Quinney goal were both off of tremendous forecheck pressure that created the turnover right between the hash marks. I think that's something the Silver Knights also could take away from Colorado. The, the fact it was a split is something they can be happy with. The fact that their forecheck was, I think, the most effective we've seen it in the past month, perhaps, is something that they should absolutely want to carry forward through the season with them. The forecheck, not just in terms of, of possession and not just in terms of wearing the other team down, it created turnovers in dangerous areas of the ice and created offense. Uh, that's something the Silver Knights should be very happy with, but Alan Quine was uh, one of the st uh, straws that stirred the offensive drink, and he does have, again, now three multiple-point games in his last five, 
and seven points in his last six. And if the Silver Knights are going to see him continue to go at that pace, finding, again, the 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 average even Alan Quine on the ice, if not the elite Alan Quine, what a huge shot in the arm offensively that's going to give them as the season goes along. And Quine and Quinney, as hard as it is for me to say in succession when one passes to the other, uh, that, that is a... That is a duo that looked very good in Colorado, and I would not be surprised if Manny Viveros wants to see more of them together. We'll hop out. When we come back, we'll be joined by Tucson Roadrunners broadcaster Adrian Denny. Give us a little bit of background on what the Roadrunners have been battling through this season, and maybe give us a little bit of insight as well on the Coyotes organization and their move to Tempe. That's been in the news lately as well. We'll get his thoughts. That's straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. On this young man has had a very trying rookie season. What with the litigation, the notoriety, his subsequent deportation to Canada, and that country's refusal to accept him. Brian McCormick. Back at Tucson Arena on HSK today. Brian McCormick here, you there. Jared Justice on the other side of the glass. And on the phone, we have the voice of the Tucson Roadrunners, Mr. Adrian Denny. Adrian, how are you? Hey, Brian. What's up, man? Welcome back to Tucson. Well, I'm very, very happy to be here because we just came from Colorado and I was standing about ankle deep in snow at the airport this morning. So this is a pleasant change. That's what we did on Sunday. It was on the Real. I've never seen so many happy people getting off an airplane as when the Roadrunners got back into Tucson on Sunday. I don't know if you noticed this, uh, Brian, but uh, at the Tucson airport, as you come down the escalator, there's a flashing marquee, and one of the signs that rotates is the Roadrunners uh, up there. It says, Welcome to Tucson, home of the Roadrunners. Uh, yeah. Thanks for flying nonstop to Tucson. And Mike Carconi and Blake Spears from the team are giving each other a big hug after something celebratory that happened in a game and uh it was real life with that with uh with the roadrunners and the staff and the coaches on sunday getting back here after a two-week trip that took them to canada and colorado it started in san diego you know california you've always got your marine layer you always need a hoodie right but get back get back in arizona these guys were tickled pink well yeah and hopefully you've thought out by now as uh Without question, that that's a tough road trip. Silver Knights have a lot of road hockey in February and March as well. Um, how did the Roadrunners spend the last week? Because you guys had a split against the Eagles last weekend, and then you've had this week to, to kind of get your legs back under you before this coming weekend. Yeah. Um, we've got the Saturday-Sunday, right? So you need to find an off day in there somewhere. So we practiced on Monday up in uh, Phoenix. Uh, we, had a, we have a big gem show here in Tucson every year, which which uh, moves us out of the arena for, you know, upwards of three weeks. And so they were getting all that back and ready for us and getting our ice uncovered. And and so Monday we practiced up in in, uh, the Valley. Uh, Tuesday was a day off uh, for the guys, and and we were talking on our radio show earlier this week. Nothing is better for the body, for the mental state, than a day off in Tucson in February when it's 80 degrees and you can go golf, you can go hike, you can just go hang out at the pool. Uh, you will feel unbelievable by the time that you uh, hit the sack that night. And I've had those days here and you're during the course of the season and you're just like, I don't know. This, this <laughs> hockey season is 
it's really run us through the ringer and we've had days off like that. We've come back the next day at practice and you can just tell, Oh, what a difference that day off made. It just, it changed everything. You could tell everybody's jump started refreshed and, and we've always, we've always got a happy group. It's, it's not, not that, but you know, it's just, just to be able to, to recharge the batteries and be outside. Whereas if you weren't, uh, born in Henderson or Tucson in our division, it's like, okay, well, that was a nice day off. I went went to Chili's and had some fajitas and went back and watched the game, and that was the day off. But here you get a day off when you get a day off. With Adrian Denny, the voice of the Tucson Roadrunners. For the Roadrunners, it's been a bit of a tough stretch over the last 10 games, but one of the things that, that pops out is is the goals against. There have been a couple of, uh, of, of run-and-gun affairs, it looks like, for the Roadrunners. What, what has the challenge been? Uh, for Tucson over the last little bit? I think it's just been getting getting everybody back and reset. Everybody in hockey went through a stretch where the depth was not what it was at the beginning of the year. And for the Coyotes organization, it was late December, early January, which for the Roadrunners carried into mid-January to late January, and all of a sudden we're on a road trip for three weeks uh, after a road trip that was two weeks. So it hasn't been a lot of practice time. We've been re- reloading the roster with, with players coming back from injury and, and from the Coyotes. And, you know, it just, just takes time. And, and Jay said it today after practice, Jay Verity, head coach of the Roadrunners, he's like, this practice time is so huge because you can talk hockey, you can show hockey, but to go out and do that hockey, as they say in uh, in the business, right? Is is just such a big thing to get the guys on the ice and, and just have time to work on stuff. And when you're on the road, you're not getting your. I mean, there's bikes in the in the other teams' buildings and at the practice rinks, and and you're getting your hour in, but you're not at home coming in for breakfast, going into your meetings, going out for practice, then it's the workout. And then we're going to snag a bunch of guys for video content. And by the time you know it, it's 2 o'clock, and that's a full work day. It's, it's the road. It's the road. You're, you're broken up. You're riding the bus in. You get ready for an hour. You skate for an hour. You go back to the hotel. And it's just, this is hockey, you know, being, being back home in, in our building. So uh, it's, been, it's been a good week, and, and the, guys are, the guys are really excited. Tell you one player that really has jumped off the page. I, I don't want to be, uh, I don't mean it in a, in a disrespectful way, but I think it's been a, a surprise when you look at the rookie of the year conversation. At the start of the year, there was so much attention on Rochester for Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka, and for good reason. Now you look at and Matias Michelli might be leading the pack for that rookie of the year conversation. It was that a surprise for the organization at all that he that he took off so quickly. I don't know. Like I mean, he. he he really got going November 5th and 6th in Henderson. Uh, that's, that's when it started. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been among the league leaders in scoring since then. And, and he, the, the kid just each week, you could just see another, another step that he, that he's taken up and he's so fast and he's so good with the puck and he's got such an instinct with the puck of who's where and, and, and just knowing knowing the game and having that skill and, and that mindset, you know, working with the Roadrunners coaching staff with, with Jay Verity and Steve Poppin and, and John Slaney, these guys have gotten guys ready for the NHL. Michael Bunting, Connor Garland, 
Lane Peterson. Uh, you know, you look at, at, at players that, that leave here, they go up, they come back for a little, and then they're gone forever. We've, we've seen yeah. that so often over the last couple years. And, and, and this well, J.J. Moser's been happened. up pretty, pretty much the whole year, right? J.J. Moser's been up since the first month pretty much. JJ, yeah, J.J. got called up. And, and these, these guys really have a knack for development. And, and you, you can look at it. Uh, we, we were talking about it with longtime Patty's assistant coach, Steve Peters, who's working in the media up in Phoenix last week. And he said, you've got Jay, who's just Mr. Hockey. He keeps his skates in his car, and he goes where he needs to go to coach. And that's what, wherever he needs to be, he'll be there. He's a hockey coach. He's, he just does hockey 24-7. You've got John Slaney, who's done everything. AHL, NHL, played in Europe, coached in the NHL, coached in the AHL. And and then you've got Steve Poppin, who played pro hockey, ECHL, AHL, Europe, last year with the Arizona Sundogs in the CHL. And then he's coaching kids over at an ice den in Phoenix. And this has an incredible knack for communicating and, and teaching the game. And, you know, it's all of a sudden, he's a skills coach with the Coyotes. Next year, he's an assistant coach with the Roadrunners. And, and the guys do with these kids, it's, it's amazing. And then, and then you get them up to the NHL, and it's not just a call-up. They're not just sitting in the stands. They're going up to the Coyotes. They're contributing, and, and, and they're making a difference and becoming part of, part of that team. And then we start with our next batch of uh, guys that we're ready to develop. Victor Soderstrom, I, I believe, is injured right now and, and probably out for a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. But he was a player that had, you speak about the development, all of his numbers look already better than, than they were last year. Was he having a, a good development season? Unbelievable. Like, he, he's gone from an AHL defenseman to an NHL defenseman during the course of the year. And, and he, that, he's got a big, heavy slap shot, and he's, he's so comfortable back on that blue line on the power play and knowing when to, to join a play or stay back. And yeah, 11th overall pick in 2019. And, and uh, it, it, these injuries never come at good times, right? But right. in the last two months, Victor has, has really been an NHL defenseman in the AHL. Silver Knights and Roadrunners getting ready for a pair of games at Tucson Arena this weekend. They've met four times already. Adrian, what do you think is a is a key matchup for, for both of these teams going into this weekend? Well, for Tucson, I don't think there's been a team that's been tougher that, uh, that they've played than Henderson and probably say the same thing last year. Uh, just, mm. You know, you, you play good teams, and sometimes you just got to go. you you got to be better. And I think the Roadrunners played okay in Henderson, and we were better on the Saturday than the Friday. And, and then the, the December series, Tucson had a 3-1 lead in the third period, and, and Henderson uh, pushed back, won it, um, won it in overtime, and then just didn't have our fastball that Wednesday. So I, I think it's just a matter of playing our best hockey game but being better because being, being just all right hasn't, uh, hasn't beaten the Silver Knights this year. Adrian, before we let you go, since we have you on the horn, I want to, I want to ask you, the, uh, the Coyotes organization has been in the, the news lately, all the discussion of the, the move to Tempe. 
which is, of course, going to be a very a unique situation, and, and uh, the Coyotes understand that. But from the organization perspective, what you've heard, you know, what are they enthused about? Uh, and, and obviously beyond some of the obvious challenges of, of the capacity, but what are some of the things that, uh, that the Coyotes are going to lo- look to work through uh, in this stint in, the, uh, in Tempe and sharing that arena with uh, ASU? Yeah, I, I the organization's never been happier, and to to be able to go into a facility like that, which is ready to go, and to be adding the NHL elements to it, uh, I it's been nothing but but embrace that that this is going to be our home for for three to four years, and it's going to be a madhouse, and it's on the side of the town that uh, the Coyotes have have been looking at. And uh, the Tempe uh, Arena project that uh, is is being worked on, and and the vision is to to slide on over there is two blocks away. You can see it from uh, from the rink that's going up, and, and you can you're going to be in the area. And it's an amazing part of town. It's right off of the ASU campus, which is is just an experience in itself. And uh, I, I I think. Uh, you know, most of the players live on that side of town. Most of the executives and front office members live on that side of town. And quite frankly, uh, more hockey fans are on that side of town. You look at all the ice in Chandler, Scottsdale. Um, they're 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 right there where this team is is going to be. Uh, and so I think that's exciting because you know Glendale's a hike and. And it's, yeah. there's been some, some, some new freeways that have opened in the Valley in the last couple of years that have made it much easier to get from the East Valley to the West Valley. But, man, it's a, it's a challenge on a Tuesday, Wednesday night to, to get over there and, and anything, any semblance of less than an hour, hour and a half, depending on, on where you are. So I, it's just going to open it up to, to be in a beautiful building on the side of town where we've, we've envisioned landing. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be good. And ASU's welcome the Coyotes with with open arms, and, and we're excited for for the partnership and and just to keep keep growing the game in, in Arizona. Well, Adrian, I in the rookie tournament earlier this year, I got to spend some time in Tempe, and that is a, that's a bump in town. That's going to be a fun town on an NHL game night, no question. Oh man, where do you start? You got to have season tickets to be able to do everything. I think on a game night, you got to <laughs> you got to have tickets to all forty games to, to even feel like you've had an experience. Well, I'm sure it'll work out for the Coyotes very well, and for the Roadrunners moving back and forth uh, as well. Adrian, looking forward to two good ones this weekend. For fans who don't know, Adrian was the broadcaster for the Utah Grizzlies when I started with the Idaho Steelheads. So we've worked together pretty much every year for the last seven years. This has got to be what this weekend? Probably our 50th game, calling games uh, next to each other? Yeah, because Utah and Idaho played every weekend. And when you were in San Antonio, <laughs> that once-a-year thing back and forth was a little soft. But now that you we're missed back, me. Yeah. <laughs> now that we're back, it's the closest regional rivals to each other again, and you're just right up north. It's... Uh, it, it feels it feels good. It's it's back to normal, and in this society, uh, getting back to normal has, has been a been a great thing. Back in our wheelhouse, Adrian Denny, the voice of the Tucson Roadrunners. Thanks for taking the time, Adrian. Appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you this weekend. Thanks, Brian. Enjoy the evening, and uh, 
we play uh, Saturday night, so uh, you got a couple days here to uh, to enjoy Tucson. I'll make sure I eat lunch outside tomorrow for sure. Oh, <laughs> Thank you, Adrian. Oh, you bet. Take care. That is Adrian Denny. We will step aside, and when we come back, we will have the voice of the Vegas Golden Knights, Dan Duva. We'll talk a little bit about his all-star experience. We're still close enough. That's still relevant. And, of course, uh, Eichel Day, that was yesterday, and what the implications are for the VGK going forward. Straight ahead on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 of the Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. Who the hell are you? You know. You all know exactly who I am. Now. Say my name. Brian McCormick. Back on HSK today, Brian McCormick here with you, getting ready for two games this weekend in Tucson on Saturday and Sunday. But last night when the Henderson Silver Knights were taking on the Colorado Eagles, the big siblings were going at it again as well, and you were likely listening to Dan Duva on the radio dial. You'll hear from him again right now. Dan Duva joins the program. Dan, thanks for taking the time. Brian, how's Tucson? Tucson is warm, much more so than Denver. So I came right to the rink, but I'm already I'm fantasizing about dinner and doing it on a patio somewhere. So I'm in good shape. Oh, fantastic! Well, I was just in Maine uh, when the Knights had that little six-day break, and it was in the single digits. So just here in Las Vegas to be, uh, you know, in the high fifties, low sixties—that's just perfect. See, do you miss that, though? You're a Northeast guy just like I am, and every now and then being in the cold, it, it shocks you back to your roots. I think you need that every now and then. Well, sure, especially because we we think of the cold-weather climate as hockey climate, so to stroll into a, a bar or two and see not only uh, Maine Black Bears garb, but Bruins Stanley Cup championship banners. And, and as a matter of fact, it was out watching the, the, the Black Bears play the UMass Minutemen on TV, and right after the game broadcast ended, they had a feature on, guess who, Jack Eichel and all of his Boston <laughs> University days and a couple of snapshots of his time uh, arriving in Las Vegas. So even back in the Northeast, they're still talking about the North Chelmsford native Jack Eichel. Well, we're certainly going to talk about Eichel mania, but first, just because I think we're not too far removed to circle back one last time, uh, All-Star Weekend in Vegas, We just speaking of uh, you know, a hockey town, Vegas has certainly become that. Uh, you had a, a role in so much that happened during All-Star Weekend. I, I wonder how it was from your perspective. I enjoyed it very much from the, the game broadcast themselves, the skills competition broadcast. I also got a kick out of visiting the Bellagio Fountains the night before the skills competition to watch firsthand those events that were pre-recorded <laughs> and edited <laughs> down to fit the appropriate time slot. And I will tell you that what ended up being seen in the arena on television and heard on the radio, it was a lot longer in real life. <laughs> it would not have worked had they done it in real time. And uh, just for the folks, and there were you know some... Um, some players who were there, players' families, hockey officials, league officials, the commissioner was there. It, uh, it you really couldn't see too much, <laughs> especially the stuff that took place on the fountain itself, uh, on the water itself, because you needed some height. And if you're just walking along Las Vegas Boulevard and looking out at the fountains, like you can't really see what's happening out there. So something's going on out there. I got like the overhead <laughs> view from the yeah from the drone. I quite understand what was going on. But I tell you, the, the thing that stands out is how many people 
make an event like that happen. And you and I go through this game in, game out, people behind the scenes, and uh, a lot of logistics to make a regular AHL or NHL broadcast happen. Well, when all of a sudden you make the entire league involved in something, and the league itself too, plus the normal logistics of an arena and a community, it's just remarkable. So at that event at the Bellagio, the, the filming of those skills, just talked to three people who were medics, Austin, Keith, and Karen. They were there to be on call in case, God forbid, somebody <laughs> fell off a, a boat or something and into the Bellagio Fountains. And these are folks, which they would have uh, they would have put uh, in the show for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and these are folks who go through. Uh, you know, they are you know at the ready, uh, and they are you know normally uh, booked for events like this or filming events or there's so many events that happen in Las Vegas and sometimes we forget about those people um, and if not for them you know the logistics uh, the liability the the insurance all the concerns all the things that need to happen in, in order for these entertainment events to come off that we enjoy but a lot of work goes into it so I was simply reminded throughout the, the broadcast and throughout the events and the planning and everything else just how many people are involved in the little parts that they may play are really uh, that significant. Well, I was impressed. I listened to a good portion of the skills competition on the radio, and with you and, and Dave and Gary, it was a lot of fun. And that's not exactly a uh, an event that, that's tailor-made for a theater of the mind, but you guys did a good job and had a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> well, thank you. I, it, I, I said to someone afterwards, thank goodness that each of our voices rings fairly distinct. You might not <laughs> uh, confuse Shane's voice for Gary's voice or Dave Shade, Dave's voice for Shane's and vice versa. So, I think that probably helps. And even though we've never done a, a, a game as a foursome, we have done so many interview shows, podcasts, and other kinds of events. And we kind of know each other's tendencies. And I think uh, if we were to do it again, it would be even better. But I think we had a good time with it, and I hope the people listening enjoyed it as much as we did. Well, we're with Dan Duva, the voice of the VGK on radio, and uh, let's fast forward to uh, to the meaningful hockey games we've been seeing of late, uh, and perhaps no more excitement in a regular season game for VGK fans than last night, uh, what was dubbed Eichel Day. Uh, not the result the VGK wanted on the scoreboard, but for Jack Eichel, he made his Golden Knights debut. What, what did you think, and what, what kind of buzz did you feel was generated at T-Mobile Arena? First on the buzz, I will also point out it was the first day that you didn't have to wear a mask inside T-Mobile Arena. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure how much of a part that played in the decibel level, but it was the loudest warm-up for sure and one of the loudest first periods that we've heard all year. And, yeah, when the Golden Knights score a goal or it's a big moment, you know, there's probably a goal siren, there's lots of noise, maybe I'm not gauging it as carefully. But those moments within the game, while action is unfolding, can really hear the crowd because there's nothing else except the crowd and the sounds of the game. It seemed to me the loudest uh, that we have had in a while. And, and that, you know, it, there was not as much to cheer about because there weren't any Vegas goals, obviously. But there were early cheers, loud cheers, largest warm-up crowd of the season. And as I mentioned, I, I do think that a factor in that might people did not have a piece of cloth or whatever covering their mouth. So when they cheered, you could hear them. <laughs> Uh, and I, I think that there's a couple of things on the, the buzz with Jack. We've been looking forward to it for all these months, and not only that, Jack has too. 
what stands out to me would be from the players' perspective, not only Jack, but they were. I heard this from McNabb. I heard it from Petrangelo and a few other guys we talked to. Max Pacioretty was on our pregame show. What they said was, "We're excited for Jack." All of us were excited that we get to watch Jack, but they, as teammates, are excited for Jack that he's gone through all of this the course of 11 months and the fallout with the Sabres and the surgery itself and the recovery from that. The guy's 25 years old, and he's gone 11 months without playing a hockey game. So to have finally this saga in the rearview mirror and be on the ice in an NHL game, happy for Jack, excited for Jack. And uh, the the game itself was uh, the first step in his Golden Knights career, but I think what everybody realizes, it's just the one game to throw in your classic hockey cliche. It's just the one game. And maybe the people who are hyped up to see Jack Eichel play in a Golden Knights uniform, maybe we're hoping for something more dazzling, more productive, and a win with a couple of points or maybe a couple of goals for Jack. That, to me, was secondary to the, the saga really uh, being put behind him and the, the next chapter beginning for Jack. And we'll see what happens Friday. Maybe he will put up a couple of points as he gets more and more comfortable. Well, and as you said, Dan, that's what everyone said. Everyone happy for Jack. But when you heard Jack's comments after the game as well, you know, happy with some things and some things will come when he hasn't played in so long. But it, I got a sense from him that it was it was just nice to get the first one out of the way and be back on what truly now is for him a regular routine. Right. And that's what we're all in this routine of hockey there's game there's practice day there's travel day there's not too much else right but for him it's, it's, it hasn't been that in in so long and i keep coming back to that he's only 25 years old you think of him having been around for so long he was drafted second overall in 2015 you know at age 25 most people are you know just a couple of years out of college he just turned 25 in the fall and meanwhile he just had the one year at boston university and you know that that's a long time ago now he's He's not just a, a hockey player who is the youngest captain in Buffalo Sabres history, but he's a young guy who's becoming friends with his new teammates and learning yeah. a new city. Uh, he's, you know, grew up in Massachusetts and went to BU and played for the Buffalo Sabres, and he's not spent all that much time living anywhere else. So he's uh, acclimated it, it, to life in Las Vegas. It's almost funny, Dan. I almost, in my mind, think of Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel. It feels like they're different ages just because their their opportunity to be on yeah. the ice and play in meaningful games has been so different since the draft day. Right. Of course, Connor was number one and Jack was number two. And having recently gone through that 2015 draft class, what a deep draft it was to see the number of guys uh, who have piled up the games played and the points. I mean, Eichel is, um, you know, he'll he'll get there at some point, but because of the time that he's missed, He's lagging a little bit behind some of the leaders from that 2015 draft class. But, of course, you know, <laughs> McDavid is, I think, uh, safe to say, is going to go down as the best player from that draft class, maybe the best player uh, in the last 30 years. But uh, I think when you see Eichel kind of what he's done on a bad team uh, in Buffalo, you get excited about what it might look like statistically on a good team. And we're reminded, of course, that he has never, in his young career, now seven years, he has never had a playoff game. He's never played in a Stanley Cup playoff game. And think about the Knights have about 50 of them as a franchise in just five years. Jack's never played in one. And that seems likely to change 
sometime this spring. I'm sure he's chomping at the bit, as are we all. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm up against the end of the show, Dan. I love having you on because this is where I can make the argument that this needs to be a two-hour show. Uh, but thank you for taking the time to come on with us. Uh, and we'll all be uh, tuned in tomorrow when the uh, Golden Knights host the LA Kings. We'll have you turned on. Dan Duva, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Brian. Talk to you soon. That is Dan Duva, the voice of the Golden Knights. And again, Jack Eichel Day. It was uh, disappointing on the scoreboard for Golden Knights fans, but uh, that's an offensive weapon that not many teams have. And we talked about Alan Quine being a good addition for the Silver Knights mid-year, a, a de facto trade deadline acquisition. Well, Jack Eichel times a billion uh, as they now insert him into the lineup to drive that offense. That is going to do it for HSK today. Special thank you to Dan Duva and to Adrian Denny for joining the program this afternoon. The Henderson Silver Knights on the ice this weekend against the Tucson Roadrunners. Games on Saturday and on Sunday. Saturday's game will be a 6 o'clock Pacific time puck drop with pregame coverage at 5.30 right here on 1230 of the game. With Jared Justice, I'm Brian McCormick. Thank you for spending your Thursday afternoon with us. We'll see you for Silver Knights Hockey this weekend on the Henderson Silver Knights Radio Network.